Welcome to the Wild and Curious podcast, a show that's part travel, part feminism, and completely inspired by extraordinary women worldwide. I'm Teresa Christine. And I'm Suzanne Schmetting. Something that's a really buzzword term in the travel industry is authentic Mm. and like having an authentic travel experience. Yes. What is that to you? When when I went to Spain and I met up with uh, this girl who had lived there her whole life, you know, she was like taking me around and we're walking all over town, you know, well past 11 p.m. And, and it was really lovely. And it was <laughs> so late. Just, so <laughs> shut up. It's late for me. <laughs> I'm in bed by 9.30 kind of gal. It's no, so, I get it. I get so it. But, you know, it was, you know, and I understand that it was, it's a, it's a very common experience that you can have in the U.S., but, like, she was showing me spots that were not tourist places, you know? It wasn't like, oh, yeah, all the menus are in English as well. Like, it was like, this is a Spanish restaurant, you know? This is her, these are her people, these are her friends, you know, and... And I loved that. Yeah. And it's so hard because like, I think that's what people, a lot of people really want if if they are physically capable of, you know, being able to do an experience, like have an experience like that. They want that. But how do you seek that out in a real authentic way, if you will, you know, other than, you know, booking a tour or something like you, you have to go beyond that sometimes. Right. And I think, I think what I love so much about travel is the idea of like, I'm not just going to observe another way of life or, you know, take pictures. I want, I want to put myself in other people's shoes and, and understand the world a little bit better and, and understand other cultures a little bit better. And that's why it's so cool when you, when you are able to find that happy balance between uh, a tour that is, you know, run by local people and actually does show you uh, the true side of what a culture is like and the money that you pay for that goes towards those people as well. So yes, it's still a tour and it is tourism in that sense, Mm -hmm. but I think people kind of crave that balance nowadays. Yeah, absolutely. And I think our guest today does such an amazing job of that. Oh, yes. Yeah. Karen Nuderak, she lives in Pont Inlet, Canada, which is a small community where the majority of people, including Karen, are Indigenous. She is a community liaison for Adventure Canada and a new entrepreneur. She is also in the process of launching her own business, AT Let's Go Tourism, which facilitates the meaningful interactions between travelers and locals. Life up here is way different from Los Angeles, actually. <laughs> we, like, uh, <laughs> we've had so many, uh, we've had quite a few uh, extreme cold warning this year. Um, when we say extreme cold warning, it's um, always minus 50. And oh a lot gosh. of times, uh, what? It's, um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, fast bites in minutes. That's what they say. And it's it's been pretty cold. It's normal uh, weather up here. Um, so in winter time, um, from uh, November, uh, beginning of November until um, December, we don't see daylight. It's dark twenty four hours, 
and then beginning of January, the late daylight starts to come back a little. Well, in August, we start getting the dark season. Um, and then by November, it's 24 hours darkness. And then right now, we're getting daylight now for about um, 12 hours, maybe 10 hours a day. Wow, that is insane. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, in April, we're going to get uh, 24 hour darkness until August. And it's we're surrounded by mountains. The Lancaster Sound, um, the ocean is in the then the, right in front of the community, there's houses, public housing, and people. some people own their houses. There's roads. A lot of people drive skidoos, snowmobiles, and quite a few people drive their trucks in the community. Pond Inlet is basically all uphill. There's about 1,700 people. About 85% are Inuit, and then there are Southerners that come up to work, or some people stay. Wow. That's... I mean, that's, that's such an incredibly different way of life. And, and I mean, it's, it's a smaller community and, and you as, as a budding entrepreneur for a tea tourism, what kind of support or or community do you have there as a businesswoman? Yeah, I get, um, I get, I have support from, especially my family. Um, and then, uh, there's, uh, the government, um, has a department called, Economic development and transportation. So they are very supportive. And um, the company in Iqaluit uh, called Travel Nunavut, very, very supportive um, on starting your own tourism business. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Now, I am really wondering how the cruise industry affects daily life and it affects your life and and people's lives in Pond Inlet when you have these cruise ships coming in, because I think a lot of people have a bit of a skewed and not positive attitude towards cruise ships right now with over tourism being an issue. And Mm -hmm. so how do the cruise ships affect you? Well, I've been a culture performer performer since 1995, 20 years. And for me, I've never really had any problems. I've never had problems with um, the cruise ships. But the community always has concerns about, um, because there's a lot of ships coming through now through our community because we're on the, in the Northwest Passage with the cruise ships, more cruise ships coming up and, uh, sea lift, Baffinland, uh, shipping ore ships coming through. People are very concerned about the animals on, in the ocean, especially the sea york, seal and narwhal. The time, this time up, people, say that uh, there's not enough whales coming through or seal and that's uh, people get upset over that because a lot of our food uh, just I just want to add that a lot of our food is flown up by plane because we don't have roads Mm. connected to anywhere so it's a very isolated place and either the food is flown up with which is uh, very expensive or we get it through sea lift once a year in September. Sea lift meaning the ship coming up with the supplies. So the diet, the main diet for Inuit is um, the seal and the whale, narwhal. Now, with the cruise ships coming in, one of the reasons we were so excited to talk to you is because you took something that I think could have been a potentially just really bad situation. You had cruise ships coming, you saw people getting off the ship, taking some photos, 
getting back on the ship. And you went ahead and started organizing. The first thing that you organized was a baseball game with travelers and locals, right? Yeah. So um, that about 1994, the the ship started coming up here, 93, 94, and people would just walk around. When the visitor center here was built, um, there was a, a staff, the manager, who did couple of organized couple of uh, cruise ships and then I started became one of the performers in 1995 and then five years later uh, I became the visitor center manager uh, uh, here in Pond Inlet. One of the yeah like you said one of the first cruise ships I organized was with uh, Matthews One um, Adventure Canada and we we planned for a baseball game in the community. And what kind of experiences now do does Adventure Canada do and, and do you curate? So um, we do, so when the cruise ship comes, they do a walking tour, look at the exhibits at the visitor center. Um, there's a sod house, an old ancient home made out of soil. They do this tour and then they come to the, the sea hall, the community hall where we perform the culture performance. But the Adventure Canada always um, includes the community. So if it's not baseball, they plan for a soccer game and they like people play mingle with their tours. A lot of times besides students on ice and Adventure Canada, most of the cruise ships just come to do the community tour, watch the culture performance, and go back to the ship. And we don't get a lot of feedback. And then people get upset because nobody buys. There's a, there's always a table for crafts, um, Inuit crafts, and a lot of people, a lot of tourists don't buy the crafts or talk to talk to anybody in the community. Yeah, and then then it just feels like you're almost on display, right? And you're not actually a, yes. a human being. Yes. But there's there also there's always somebody on the ships that's really nice and talk to people. But sometimes a lot of times they just go up to the show and then go back to the shore to go back to the ship. Well, so when you started creating these immersive experiences and and having a little bit more interaction, I mean, hopefully that feels like you're taking a little bit more control over the interactions. Do you do you have any kind of particular memory that is is special to you that helped redefine your interactions with people who are coming up from the south? I remember one time um, with Adventure Canada again, because they've been so good uh, uh, mingling, having their guests kind of respect our community. Uh, I remember them bringing food. They did a barbecue in the community. I think it was before a game. And People came and had like sandwiches. Sometimes we're very excited to when somebody brings us a food, a wrapper, a food wrapper that we haven't seen, we've never seen. Huh? <laughs> You're like, what is this? <laughs> so even like the ship food, the cruise ship food is bring, being brought up to the the sea hall. It's like, wow, they're like new food. <laughs> It's probably like the equivalent when when someone goes to Japan and brings back mm-hmm. the Japanese Kit Kats or something, oh. and we're all like, "Whoa!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So 
I I remember that one time um, food was brought up and we had a barbecue and people, it was open to anybody in the community and a baseball game was played and uh, Matthew always brought a, a trophy. Aww. And then the next year, if they came back, they would try to win back the trophy, or we would try to win back the trophy. So it always, it was always fun. The ongoing sports rival. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And there is something to be said about how just food brings people together. Something as simple as just sharing a meal with someone new mm-hmm. and sitting down and talking to them. It's really beautiful. Yes, it is. Yeah. I love the idea that like people from the cruise ship are, are bringing their, their cruise food to this barbecue, you know, and it's mm. like, they're, they're far from home. Obviously they're on this cruise, but they're, they're still, they're sharing. You guys are meeting. It's, it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. There's another cruise ship that comes once in a while. It's called Crystal Serenity. I guess it's a cruise ship that people live on. It came twice and big or it, uh, they organized big uh, events in the community with people, um, the Inuit sewing traditional outfits, cleaning a seal skin, but they don't mingle um, a lot with the community. They just come up and look at these displays in, mm. of what Inuit are doing. I think I would be remiss not to touch on, you know, this is probably a whole other podcast discussion <laughs> about, you know, right. Inuit culture and the the way that Canada has dealt with and treated Indigenous people. Mm, and so yeah. I'm wondering, like, how can travelers balance exploring Inuit culture uh, while also being respectful, which is something that I think you do really well with Adventure Canada and with your own business? Yeah, if if the managers of these companies would contact directly to the, the organizer of this community, I think uh, more uh, organized community visits would benefit both the tourists and the community, the, the people. No, I love that. It, it makes sense, you know. Yeah, because someone, like I've, I've worked at the visitor center for three years. Um, I'm now the adult educator at the community college. When I worked for the visitor center, they, they would just email you of what they want, and then you had to organize what they wanted to do. If there was more communication between the organizer for the comp- uh, cruise ship company and the com- organizer in the community, I think, like, communication is the best key yeah planning things then i think um and if they had more time here because sometimes it's like two they're here two hours or four hours and everything's rushed yeah i think that's a really tricky tricky thing just responsible tourism in general and then also Mm -hmm. you know trying to remain as respectful as you can of a culture and sharing it without diluting it yeah it's really difficult. It's it's a very big task you've taken on, but I mean we're we're so excited to see what Let's Go Tourism a tea has in store. Yeah, so with my business, the business I just started, a tea means let's go. So let's go tourism. <laughs> I I I plan for winter activities, summer, fall, spring, and then any active cultural relevant activities like string games storytelling, visiting an elder. So I'm starting this business so that uh, we could have Southern people understand 
uh, where we are from, what what our life is, instead of always learning us from the news or research. I would love people to get to know us better. What Karen is doing, I think, is what we were talking about, kind of finding that balance between, you know, her culture comes first. Like that is what's most important to her. And for her to be able to approach the tourism industry Mm -hmm. and have them mold and change their ways to be sustainable, I think is really powerful. Yeah, no. And I feel like it's, it's one of those things where it, gives it gives her own community a sense of power as well like they're they're embracing their culture more they're you know they're defining it and showing it to other people and it gives them a stronger sense of community as well and they're showing it on their terms yeah and and showcasing it in the way that is comfortable and real for them and yeah there is just something to be said about you know you drop in to a place on a cruise ship you, you drop in for a day yeah if even maybe a few hours mm-hmm. and what are you going to really remember is it going to be the pictures of pretty houses or is it going to be the really intriguing and eye-opening conversations that you have yeah no you're absolutely right i love that if you would like to find out more about Karen's business at T, let's go tourism, you can go to their Facebook page or you can go to atitourism.com, which is A T I I T O U R I S M. You can also learn more about Adventure Canada at adventurecanada.com or on their Instagram at, at @adventure.canada. You've been listening to the Wild and Curious podcast, hosted by me, Teresa Christine, and me, Suzanne Schmetting. If you've enjoyed this episode, there's more where this came from. Subscribe to the Wild and Curious podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. You can also follow along with our adventures on Instagram. Our handle is at underscore the Wild and Curious underscore, and we will also put that in the show notes for you. We are always looking for extraordinary women to talk to you on our show. If you have someone in mind or you are that someone, go to thewildandcurious.com to let us know.